0: Love you and honor you all the days of my life, I promise, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Welcome to a New York Catholic conversation. My name is Deacon John Catalano, and I'm joined as always by my good friend from St. Agnes in Rockville Center, Frank Elasia. Frank, how are you doing today? Doing okay, Deacon. How's everything? Everything is Good. The topic today is marriage, that foundational institution. And of course, it's a big commitment, the biggest one in most people's lives. You take a vow, you take an oath to God and to another person before a witness and many witnesses. Am I ready for this? You ask, have I done the necessary preparation? And how do I know for sure if this is the right person or the right time? And the wider culture has attempted to redefine marriage over time. So start us off, Frank, what does the church
1: say about marriage? Well, the Catholic teaching on marriage is very unpopular in today's society. You know, the doctrine of Catholic marriage is based on what Jesus mm-hmm. said, that a man and a woman are be, to be joined in one flesh. Um, C.S. Lewis says, just as a lock and a key are one mechanism or a violin and a bow are one instrument, male and female become one when they are married. Marriage is, is not just a fulfillment of an instinct.
0: Right. I mean, but okay, two become one flesh, but there are obstacles to that whole truth. I mean, we all have egos. We want to protect ourselves. We want to be in control and we have our own needs met. And the church seems to take away all of our fun. I mean, is the church obsessed with sex, Frank?
1: Well, those who try to say that have it wrong because it's really our society that's obsessed with sex. And it's because they have a totally different opinion of what that looks like. Sexual relations outside of a marriage are wrong because those who indulge in are trying to isolate it from what it was intended for mainly to procreate. The church elevates sex to a higher level, not some recreational activity that you can engage in whenever you want with whoever you want, wherever you want.
0: Yeah, that's true. And not only that, but in marriage, and you and I know this sometimes chastity is required. People say you're crazy, but if a spouse is sick, with cancer or a serious disease, I mean, and getting treatment, uh, sex could be overrated. And for a while, sex is on hold,
1: right? Yeah, Right, right. But God told Adam and Eve, look, be fruitful and multiply. And the devil starts right here at the beginning when he attacks the fruitfulness of marriage. He hates life because we're made in the image and likeness of God. So he wants to convince society that children aren't good. And he attacks. By trying to stop people from procreating by promoting things like abortion, artificial birth control, divorce, and ideas like overpopulation, which is the biggest lie. You know, the more people we have, the more creativity. Yeah. We'll figure stuff out if you haven't noticed, right? The nation that accepts separating sexual pleasure from procreation is a nation that'll eventually die out. You know, and I mentioned divorce in there. Divorce isn't is not simply a readjustment of partners when they feel they're no longer in love with their spouse or when you know one falls in love with someone else it's the breaking of that promise or that solemn value spoke about earlier you're keeping this promise has nothing to do with our sexual impulses any more than keeping any other promises have anything to do with how we feel, a vow is a vow, a promise is a promise.
0: Yeah, and I think the idea of just being in love, right, is also somewhat misunderstood. I mean, it really might not be enough to sustain a marriage. Love, as Thomas Aquinas taught us, is is the willing, the good of another. You want the best for that person, even if you are upset or mad or disappointed in your spouse. And for that kind of love, we need grace from God. We've learned from many teachings, that when God is present in the marriage, there's an abundance, an abundance of grace. And how is God present in the marriage? Through prayer, prayer and grace every night and
1: every morning and before every meal. Yeah, I think in quotes, being in love, like there's a distinction. Being in love, is that the only reason for remaining married? Being in love is great. It's a great feeling, but it's still a feeling and no feeling can be relied on to last uh, with its full intensity right. right principles last habits last feelings come and go ceasing to in quotes be in love does not mean ceasing to love you know that that's the greater love love isn't merely a feeling it's a deep unity maintained by our will and strengthened by habit and it's reinforced by grace which we receive and ask for in the sacrament of marriage you know this grace enables us to love each other, even when we don't like each other. Yeah. Right. The exchanging of vows means you're dying to yourself. It's not what's in it for me, but what can I do for my spouse? And it's a lifelong process. The demons are always trying to get us to be selfish. And you always have to be on guard against that.
0: Yeah. You know, for years, people would say that the divorce rate was like 50%. Everybody's half of all marriages ended divorce. And if that were true, then marriage would seem like a crapshoot. That's 50-50. And that alone would cause young people to pause. But guess what? It's not true. Studies show that if you prepare for a good marriage, the rate of success is much higher. And remember, we we all know we have to pay attention to each other, put the phone down, and listen to each other. You must be willing to sacrifice for each other, to give stuff up, as you said, Frank, for the benefit of the other person. Mm -hmm. When you wake up in the morning, can you say, I'm so grateful for you? I thank God you're in my life. Grace flows from gratitude. Well, maybe we do that on Valentine's Day and Mother's Day, but, you know, we must be grateful every day for the gift of marriage and for the person that we're married to. And not every now and then, every day. And look, when we make a mistake, you have to be able to say, I'm sorry. No excuses. I messed up. I didn't mean to hurt you. Please forgive me. And if your spouse says that to you, ask yourself, can you forgive lovingly? So the, the blame game is a disease that affects so many relationships and humility asking for forgiveness is the medicine for it.
1: Yeah. And the other thing, the other point I wanted to make was don't read like these romantic novels, yeah. these romantic love stories on Netflix. They're not real. If you want to know what real marriage looks like, look like the people and the couples that you see every day, you know, those mediums make people question their decision. Oh, is this what it's supposed mm-hmm. to be like that I marry the right person? That's the problem with getting a divorce or, in quotes, finding a new love. What happens is the thrill goes out of that new love, just like the, the, the thrill or that feeling goes out of the old love. Those people end up chasing this illusion their whole life until they grow old and are disillusioned. At every stage of your life, there are new horizons and new doors opening all around us.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I'm sorry, just to fend off the, the devil, you, you got to go to church together. I mean, when you go to Mass, you give glory to God, you confess your sins, you hear the gospel proclaimed and preached, you say the Lord's Prayer, you receive Jesus in communion with everyone else and with your spouse, and going to Mass reinforces the sense of humility and gratitude that we've been talking about, which are essential in a good marriage. Think of it as life insurance for your marriage and remember what they used to say at mass it is profitable towards salvation and towards a healthy marriage you know a holy marriage is is a great love between two people who strive to help each other to get to heaven where they can then be together for eternity
1: right there's a good story about st john of the cross a nun came to him and she said i'd be i'd be very holy if it weren't for the other nuns in the convent and a lot of those little aggravations what you know what st john of the cross told the those, those little aggravations, that, those are the things that get you to heaven.
0: Yeah, the aggravations, imperfections. I mean, it's your spouse's imperfections that are meant for your sanctification. Right. Heaven isn't easy, right? So you're either going to render good for evil, like Jesus did on the cross, or you're going to keep score and render evil for good, like Lucifer did. Absolutely. You know, Frank, you know, at every baptism, we restate our baptismal vows. And it's not a bad idea to remember to restate our, our commitment to our, each other. Our marital vows. I mean, here's what I'd like to say to my wife before Mass on our next anniversary that's upcoming. On our wedding day, I pledged my love and commitment to you. I pledged to love you, honor you, comfort you, and be faithful to you. I pledged to be by your side in sickness and in health, for better or for worse, for the rest of our lives. And together, we have built our home, our family, and our life together. And today, as your husband, I renew my pledge and my commitment and my love for you as we eagerly await all that God has in store for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. How's that, Frank?
1: Yeah, and there's a great story I want to, I want to put in there. And this really, really hit home. It's about Thomas Carlyle, the great English poet. His wife loved him, and she fell in and was, and was dying of cancer and was bedridden. Um, but Thomas was so busy writing, he really made, he rarely made time to go to her bedside, and she never complained. After she died, it rained heavily on the day and after the ceremony at the graveside, he went home and he found her diary and in it, it said, yesterday, Thomas spent an hour with me and it was like being in heaven. I love him so much. His heart quaked on the next page he read. I have listened all day to hear his steps in the hall and now it is late and I guess he won't come today. Thomas threw the diary to the floor, ran back to the cemetery through the pouring rain, found friends there. He found was face down, weeping and saying over and over again, if I had only known, don't let that happen to you. Pay attention to your spouse. Be present. You know, and and I can't I can't emphasize that enough in life that don't take anybody for granted, especially your spouse.
0: Amen, brother. Okay, folks, don't forget to like us and follow us or send us an email at Conversation at gmail.com. That's Conversation at gmail.com. Frank, I love you a lot. I'll talk to you next time, okay?
1: Thanks, Deacon. God bless.